What's up, everybody? This is just your friendly reminder of our sponsors. We are sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, both written by yours truly, Trenton Sweet, and my co-writer and co-host on the show wrote Awakening the Tranquil Warrior with me. And we are also sponsored by The Old Road Farm in Washington, Pennsylvania, a local to us, regenerative and beautiful family-owned farm. We are also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania. Welcome back to the show. Today we've got Maureen Groff on the show, and Kaylin and I have known Maureen for maybe two years now, not long enough. We're hoping that we can know her a whole lot longer and really get to know her because she's really special. And the first time we met her, it was a really special conversation. Uh, I'm pretty sure I teared up one time. I know Kate did. Um, so, And I hope you guys get the same reaction today. Maureen, um, she is now local to the Pittsburgh area. She's a Reiki master, a sound healer. Um, she's been featured in couple different magazines and articles and most notably the magazine for empowering women called inspiring lives um, a manifesting your dreams article Um, she's a certified life coach she works with trauma she's a internal family systems life coach too she's got a really big resume (laughs) and she works with energy she can come in and clean your house energetically um, as well as you so (laughs) she could do a lot of things Anyways, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. <laughs> Putting that all on there. Yes, we. so we'd love to hear a little bit of your story. Do you want to tell, like, from a point that you feel like was pivotal and started changing things and so that all the listeners, too, can hear your special story? Well, sure. I grew up on a farm in southwestern Minnesota, and I was one of nine living children. I was... Five or six, five of them were valedictorian. Oh, wow. Or six. No, five. <laughs> and um, I had a learning disability oh. undiagnosed. And so I had a really hard time reading. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt really stupid. So I always had kind of had that. And I think even at an early age, I would, you know, self-medicate and I would do it with food. And I became a very chubby little girl very early, and then I started getting teased and those sorts of things. And and it was also, I know, hard for my mom because I was the first one born after the death of my sister, which was a tragic accident that I think my mom blamed herself for. Um, she had gotten her sweater caught on the blinker switch, and she was strangled while mom was carrying groceries into the house. And so... Um, Which is kind of an interesting thing because since my awakening in 2015, I feel like I came in as my mother's healer. Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's how that was. And mom was a pianist. She was an amazing pianist. She also had a psychology degree. So she was really bright. And so she kind of, she saw that I was struggling, but she got me involved in music really early. And so I was, well, not really early, she made me wait because the other (laughs) children had started and they quit. (laughs) So I had to wait till like I was in fourth or fifth grade before I could start taking piano lessons. (laughs) And so I started taking piano lessons and that's how I started. And then uh, after that, um, I went to Catholic school until sixth grade. 
Catholic school closed down. Had to go to the public school. All my new friends were playing the in the band, and I wanted to be in the band. And so, Mom went and talked to the band director, and I picked oboe. And so, and I say that because that was such a huge part of my story because I ended up with a master's degree in oboe performance from Rice Rice University. So, What's the oboe? What is that one? The oboe is kind of like a clarinet, except okay. it's a double reed. Oh, okay. Mm. And people don't like double reeds to play because they're so hard and you make your own. And, a more but it, Yeah, but okay. it is the instrument that gives the A in the orchestra. When the orchestra tunes, it's the oboe playing that solo. Oh, necessary yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's how that started. So, so that's how I ended up. I mean, became a musician, and that's how I ended up meeting my husband, because we were both in school in Houston, and so that's how that happened. Um, and I'm trying to think of some other things from when I was little that might be important, uh, <laughs> other than I was one of so many children. <laughs> And yes, there were some things. When I was 13, my mother passed, and which had me be the oldest girl at home. And so I had three siblings younger, and a brother two years older, and my dad. And so I became the chief cook. And I did basically all the cooking, and I was kind of responsible for the cleaning, but that didn't really work too well to do everything and be a kid. So dad finally got a, a woman to come in and help clean. Um, dad did not handle mom's death well at all. They were just so in love. And he started drinking heavily. And so he really became, you know, a drunk in a lot of ways. And so that was really difficult. And there's just some stories that were really hard to deal with. And I followed suit. I started drinking. And so, um, you know, by the time I was, you know, junior in high school, I was getting drunk every weekend, too. Um, and then my dad died between my junior and senior year. And then I ended up having to go to his sister's to live. And she wasn't really ready to take you know, me and my sister, and so that was really kind of ugly, and I just did anything and everything I could to not be there. <laughs> and by the time I graduated from high school, I weighed 255 pounds. Mm. So, you know, it was, I definitely used different things to, mm-hmm. yeah. But then I went off to college, and that was pretty good, and I met some good people, and was going down a better path, and, but I, but they, I went as a music major, but they didn't have an oboe teacher that there they had me studying with the saxophone teacher the clarinet teacher and I'm like they don't know how to make reeds how am I going to learn how to make my reeds and do and really play the instrument because you have to do that when you play and so I ended up transferring because um, the jazz teacher who I really liked at St. Ben's was he um, had auditioned for a job at Virginia Tech for the jazz ensemble and you know, I was talking to him about what I should do because I really felt he was a good mentor. 
And he said, well, I, th I would find yourself a good oboe teacher and find one quick. And I go, well, you got any suggestions? I'm not going to get into Juilliard. And <laughs> so he said, well, actually, they have a good oboist at Virginia Tech, and you would get all the playing you could possibly need or want. Mm. And so I ended up traveling, transferring to Virginia Tech. But the last day of finals, I broke my hip in a car accident. Oh, so wow. my transfer got delayed a little bit. And I went across the country on crutches and because <laughs> tech was on quarters so I did that but then um you know just went to school and then I you know went to Rice for my graduate degree and that's where I met Peter as I said and we got married and he played principal in Richmond Virginia and I played extra I'd get to play musicals and do some other things when traveling musicals would come through town so that was really fun so um then when our kids are one and three, he's diagnosed with stage four cancer. Mm. And, and the week before he was diagnosed, he got the job with the Pittsburgh Symphony. Oh. So that's how we ended up here. Wow. But he went, yeah, it was... That's he, what delivered you to Pittsburgh? Yes, and he, I remember we were sitting in the den of our house and he goes... I will not lose my dream job to this damn disease. <laughs> and, you know, he started getting tr the treatment from hell at NIH. He was in an experimental treatment. And then, you know, he relapsed and, you know, um, had a bone marrow transplant. And then he had an, uh, one, a self one. And then he had one with his brother. So he had two bone marrow transplants, the treatment from hell, from NIH. And then, then he also um, had some more treatments here and there and there. But he lived for 15 years. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So he made it. After That's... being diagnosed. After being diagnosed, he lived for 15 four. years. And I started getting involved in church at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, I left home and I just, you know, wasn't going to be involved in that at all anymore. And and it was even in Richmond right beforehand. I think it was just a definitely a thing from the divine that would mm -hmm. kind of put me in that place to give me the strength to be able to, you know, raise the kids because they were one and three and to just be able to keep moving. And I knew about the gifts of the Spirit that are in Corinthians 12, where it talks about gifts of healing and words of knowledge and things like that. And if you look at it, it's really, people can get, it's it's the metaphysical, but, yeah. but they just call them something different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I would, when we would go to bed at night, I would just kind of like put my hands on him. Oh. And whether that had anything to do with it, I don't know, but he lived for 15 years mm -hmm. with I'm that sure disease. So, um, I don't know. And I got the chills like several times when you were talking. About I know. That, so. I felt like I could feel her love. <laughs> like I was picturing you, and I felt like I, could, I don't know. I could connect with you. Yeah, it was just you know, it was just it was, and then you you know, with the kids, it was so hard. Oh yeah. And so so little, and you had to like quickly take on this role of being the main caretaker of not just your children but also your husband right and carry the weight of now the whole family's emotional kind of drama as well right and then but still try to be a healer and for your husband and for your kids and keep it as normal as possible for your one and three year old to like still see daddy in this beautiful light and you know like he's gonna be fine and you had to bear a lot 
to hold that. Like, I feel like yeah. if I put myself in your shoes, which I always do this. I For a minute, I used to not be able to get myself out of people's shoes, but at least now I can't. But, like, um, if I put myself in your shoes, I think, like, wow, I don't know. You know, that's that's a lot of strength. It's a yeah. lot of love. It was hard. Uh -huh. It was really difficult. And... Um, and he would practice up on the third floor, and you would just hear the music throughout the walls. Mm -hmm. They were all over. It was just there. It was so amazing. So, um, and he was good. He was really good. And, you know, played the violas, that in between the violin and the cello, so it's still a little more mellow. It's not that high sound. And he did, he would teach kids up there and, oh. and such. So um, he just, he wasn't going to... He wasn't going to give up his life for this disease, and he really went forward. And so, um, but also during that time, I got super involved in the church, and I started going to these conferences on the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's where I had learned that I had the gift of healing. When I was just putting my hands on them, I didn't really know that I had that gift. But people would come up to me for prayer, and I'm going, you can go to anybody. And they go, no, you have the gift of healing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So he passes away. The kids graduate from high school. And I'm like, what the heck do I do? Hmm. So I, you know, do a little bit here. I volunteered down at Urban Impact. I did some photography for a while, but photo shoot shop just took too much time it wasn't worth my time and the money and um, you know I had part-time jobs here and part-time <laughs> jobs there and it just wasn't uh, enough and and in so the huge huge I was also super involved in the church and like I said through the conferences but then in 2015 on what would have been my dad's 97th birthday mm. I experienced a stroke mm. wow that's pretty coincidental mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah I know I always think dad's 97th birthday mm, okay <laughs> so um, it was very small I didn't know I really had it I had my bathroom or my house cleaned the day before for its annual cleaning. Ah. <laughs> and the floor was really slippery, and I slipped and I fell. And um, I had a date that night. The guy was coming over for dinner, and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And so, but I still go to the store to get my turkey that I was going <laughs> to cook. But I stop at the coffee tree, and I see somebody I know, and I start talking to them, and I'm going, there's something not quite right. I mean, it was so subtle, but you know how we're all... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of got back in my car, and I went, well, that was weird. And then I start driving up to the Whole Foods in Cranberry, and I'm, it's a brand new car, and I'm wrestling the steering wheel. It's like, how could the alignment be out of this, <laughs> wrong with this car right now? Because I'm like wrestling with this car. I get up there and I walk through the store and I'm just exhausted just exhausted and then I come back and I go to my chiropractor because I thought well I fell on my tuchus and I need to so 
I see him and I tell him what's going on and he like checks my carotid artery and he goes, no, you're okay there and such. And so I'm like, okay. And I came home to take a nap. So I came home, took a nap, got up and went over to my neighbors who was like a dear, dear, dear friend. And she, she knew me really, really well. And um, to borrow a pan and, you know, and I leave and she calls the chiropractor because he's mutual friends. Mm. And he, he goes, she goes, hippa, 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 BS. You call her and tell her to get her butt <laughs> to the hospital. I'm like, what the heck? So anyway, so they call an ambulance and I'm off to the hospital. I tell the doctors at the hospital that I fell that morning in the bathroom. And they say, well, the bathroom's just down there. Nobody walks me there, nothing. And I'm like, hmm, I hope I don't fall because you could be sued. No. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're like, huh, okay. This is a, so anyway, they take all these x-rays. They do, do a CAT scan. I, um, then I have to go in for an MRI. and Then they admit me. I mean, that took about 10 hours. Dang. And nobody tells me a thing. Nobody tells me anything. They just admit me. And so then, first thing in the morning, OT comes in, you don't need us. PT comes in, you don't need us. Well, about noon, the doctor finally comes in, and I'm like this. Did, well, did I or did I not have a stroke? And she goes, actually, you did. I said, she goes, it was very, very small. And I said, what does that mean? She goes, well, on the MRI, we take 150 sheets pictures of the brain she goes there's a very small check mark on three of them hmm. and I went oh okay and she goes you can go home today don't don't be alone for the next night or two and I was like okay and so went home but it just so happened that for the month that was on December 2nd for the month of November I dated this guy for a while and he told me about Dr. Joe Dispenza Greg Braden, A Course in Miracles. And so after this happened, I went, hmm, <laughs> why did I learn about all those things? Because I had also heard them over Thanksgiving when I went to visit my cousin in Michigan. <laughs> so I started going to A Course in Miracles meetup, and somebody shared a meditation app. And I thought, Oh, to be still and know that I am God, that never happens. I, I could never meditate. It was just, I couldn't do it. And so I decided, and somebody shared a meditation app that was Insight Timer. Oh, yeah. And um, I just found like a five or six minute meditation, and it was guided. And I did that like twice a day. And within a week, I heard spirits say, I showed you in the 90s, you have the gift of healing. You're to be using your hands for a vocation and not a ministry Ooh. and I went how in the world do you do that <laughs> I mean I had no idea I wasn't going to become a preacher and go be healed and push you down <laughs> yeah you're like okay because so I'd had that happen yeah. to me <laughs> be healed and they tried to push me down <laughs> but <laughs> anyway um so that summer prior I well I had a friend who owned back to basics it's a health food store kind oh, of thing yeah. over on yeah, Kesselshan. But anyway, so I went in and talked to her and told her what happened. And I told her the message I got. And she goes, you damn right you are. And the reason she said that is that 
summer I had been in there and I walked in and her neck was like so swollen and I'm like what happened to you and she goes I have an infection and it's like you know in my throat and my ear it's just all over I said well can I just pray for you mm-hmm. she goes sure and I walk in two days later again and it's all normal and I go and she pointed at me <laughs> so after I got that message from spirit after the stroke experience I went to talk to her and I said well what do you do how do you do this and she goes you go get attuned to Reiki and people will come to you And I said, well, I was always told that Reiki was straight from the devil. (laughs) And she said, well, I'm going to send you to somebody who was attuned uh, by the nuns. Ah, (laughs) Oh, that's really cool. That is really cool. And that was kind of, I think, when Catherine Coleman was in the Pittsburgh area and such. And I think she may have been attuned. I don't know the whole history of that, but I just kind of wonder if some of that. Mm -hmm. And so I went to see her. And the only things that, you know, my eye... And smile were the tiniest bit off from the stroke experience and my speech was tiny but anybody that didn't know me really really well they wouldn't have noticed and so she says well you know come I'll but I won't attune you until you've had Reiki I said okay and so I go there and she does a session on me and she does this cross brain hookup and I feel like my head is in a, like just going back and forth really, really fast. And then she has me do cross on the other side and nothing happened. And I went home and I looked in the mirror and the little bit that was off was correct. Wow. What is a cross brain hookup? A cross brain hookup is when you take like your right leg and cross it over your left leg and your oh, left no. arm and do just just no. she just oh, even had us just she just had me cross the opposite arm over the other arm and then she take took her hands and just put it to the side of my head for like a 30 seconds a minute and then she had me switch it and do it the other way but the side when she was doing the side of the where the stroke was my head just, I felt like it was beating back and forth, really. Oh, okay. So I went, whoa, there's something powerful here. Mm-hmm. And then I left and went to go hear Joe Dispenza talk. <laughs> so you had the him. Reiki for the I first time Joe before. Dispenza. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 And so, so cool. like two days later, I'm on a plane to Sedona to see um, Greg, I mean, Joe Dispenza, because I don't get into Greg because he's already sold out because I signed up too late. So Greg does his, you know, whole talk, or Joe does his whole talk about breaking the habit of being yourself. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, he did his hour-long meditation. And I'm like, okay. Well, at the end of that meditation, I said, I don't know what the heck just happened. But that was powerful. So I bought the CD. And when I came, and I also saw when I was there, somebody else who did a reading, which... I didn't really know what I got from, but be, because of him, I met two Reiki masters that were married, and they worked on me for a couple hours that night. <laughs> oh, luxury. You're like, yes. And he goes, well, that contract's been fulfilled, and that contract's been, yeah. you're doing pretty good. And I'm like, contracts, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, and, and, you know, and so 
the next morning, I took my um, cholesterol drugs. And I threw them away. I said, I'm never taking those again. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and brought the CD home and started doing Joe's meditation three times a day. Three hours a day. Go. That's so... You know what For I... like three... For like three months, four months. That's so awesome. People have huge breakthroughs when they can actually dedicate the time and do those. I've heard incredible stories, especially with his. His are always like... Um, I do a couple of his here and there. I've kind of come out of a meditative practice, but um, he'll be like, imagine you're in space and you're surrounded by space in space. Like, you know, like he's like about mm-hmm. this, like, the space between your ears in space and then the space between your collarbone in, in space. space in your <laughs> nostrils. I mean, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, he walks you down and he helps you get in yes. that like, yeah. whoa, I'm starting to lose myself a little bit. And sometimes you almost get freaked out when I first started doing it because I didn't know what that was going to feel like. And I was like, whoa. Come back. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, where did we just go? Come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I was doing those. <laughs> three hours a day for three months. Like three to four months. What yeah. kind of break did, through did you have doing that? Well, I I just started getting happy. Oh, you know? And, yeah. and, 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 and that's sort of thing. And, the, and then um, I, a friend of mine said, well, you need to meet this coach. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, fine. I'll go meet this coach. <laughs> so I met this coach and... Um, he, when he came up to me, he goes, oh my gosh, your energy is amazing. You're going to be an international speaker. I'm still waiting. Sorry, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's coming, I know it. And he goes, but that little girl inside you is really broken. Aww. And I went, how do you know that? <laughs> Arms crossed and all. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think I like, like, mm. get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I got a coaching program from him. And I mean, it was almost the first session that was, you know, probably the most powerful. And it, it went back to my little baby brother. And mm. um, I was concerned about something he was doing or something. And he goes, well, he's not your little baby. I mean, he, he's not, you, you don't have to care for him anymore. He's a big man. He's a grown man now. And I was like, well, that's easier said than done. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I did. And so, you know, and he walked me through some other things. He walked me through um, a time when I was um, sexually assaulted right after my mom died by a friend's older brother. Mm. And so he really helped me go through and it was like and he says and get mad and get angry and go beat a tree with a stick go 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 to the goodwill and buy a box of dishes and just find a junkyard and just throw them whatever you need to do get it out of your tissues well i've had a hard time beating the trees because i didn't want to hurt them. I, yeah i can see that too <laughs> and then I remember he, you know, we had a session, and he goes, and I, he goes, well, then write a letter. I said, well, I did. <laughs> and so. And that worked. That worked to get that. Well, it, 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 it start, He goes, well, I said I couldn't get angry, mm. but he goes, but did you write down how it affected you? Mm. And I went, yeah, I did. Mm. And he goes, okay. 
And he goes, well, you still might want to try to go get angry or whatever. <laughs> and and so, so I actually went into my bedroom and had a pillow fight with my bed. <laughs> yes. I won because the pillows didn't break <laughs> or whatever. So, um, and then I was dog sitting, which I only have done that one time, and it was starting to rain. So I had to run downstairs and go outside and get stuff in and get the dog and grab. And I decided I should go out for a walk in the rain. Mm, that feels so good. And I walked halfway around the block, and it was raining. And I get to there, and I go, oh, my gosh, all the angels are crying for me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and the rest of the way around, I was just like flitting and dancing. I'd never been so happy. Oh. And I was like, wow, that was pretty powerful. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, it was just, you know, things like that that would happen. And and I started listening to Esther Hicks. Mm. And she would do these rampages about loving your body. Well, I did not love this body because it's always been heavy. And I was like, oh. And I have to say... I'm within five pounds of being a hundred pounds lighter than my that's heaviest awesome. weight. That's, that is awesome. That's that huge. Is. That's yeah. huge. It's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not been easy. Mm-mm. But yeah, so that was pretty cool. And so I was, um, you know, just doing the rampage in the shower every morning. It's about a 10 minute rampage. I love my body. I love this. Mm-hmm. I love my body, you know, and I would do that. Every single day I took a shower, which is almost every day. And it took a long time. I don't know if it was one year, two years, or whatever. But I remember the day I was in the shower. And if you, I broke out in light language, Mm. in song. Whoa. And it was high. It was angelic. It's never happened since. But... I knew at that moment that I love myself. Mm. And so, you know, when I work with clients, it's like, you gotta love yourself. Didn't, I could, I, I feel like I quote this wrong, but didn't Jesus say that you needed to love yourself so that you could love Like, oh, yeah, love yeah. others. Thank you for saying that because that was really big because when I was went to the white school website which is on Washington and Joe Dispenza was on staff there for a while I heard I don't know if it's true but I heard that he was early in his day and I was she had a video at the opening of her website you go to the website and you just push play and she said when they went to Jesus and asked him what the greatest commandment was he said love God and love your neighbor as yourself and I went, oh, no wonder we live in such a six sorry world. We don't love ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I started doing the, the rampages. That's it's what so got me. True. Thank you. Yeah, like you know, I'm not, I kind of having that breakthrough myself. Like over the last year, like um, I felt like for so long, I thought I loved myself. You know what I mean? Like that that feeling and and you never really wanted to dig deeper or figure it out or never really had the time or made the time. You didn't care, right? Like you were good, like where you were at. But like, um, I've recently been digging into self-love a lot, like over, uh, since like, you know, this winter. And I feel like I had time to, I had so many 
blockages on my heart like when I would get when I got attuned for Reiki and um and when I would have Reiki like I felt like so many people were here and like would just be here and like and I would be like all right like I really feel them in there because you could feel it and you know you don't even have to open your eyes and look for one you don't want to because you don't want to freak them out so you're like you feel them but um I had so many things on that and it was like I was so in learning to love myself I was scared to love myself because I thought if I loved myself that's like a um like a demon thing to do like it was almost like a bad thing it was a you think thing. it's an ego yes yeah, like an ego yeah, thing yeah. yeah like if I love myself then like yeah, sure. Like all the moms say, like, you know, you know, you got to love yourself, take care of yourself so you can take care of your kids. And I'm like, well, I need to take care of my kids. I can't take care of myself. <laughs> right? Like, and, um, but then once you start taking care of yourself and like going in and feeling all these things and starting to actually love yourself and you realize these 40,000 thoughts you have a day, you're picking yourself apart all day. Like, random things like oh I got stretch marks there or, oh I'm not where I want to be oh what are my calorie intake what was my protein it like all this stupid shit and you're just like well and so much of it starts when you're young it's yes. like you're you know I felt like I was stupid because I couldn't you know wasn't mm -hmm. reading or you have you're being bullied or you're being teased or whatever so it's just you're never good enough yeah, you feel not good enough. There, I I picked up a rule when I was younger, like around like 12 or 13, to kind of like stand out because I felt like I really blended in. I played like a like a dumb blonde kind of role, and like um, and I just like kind of went with that, and then was really funny and like just kind of played ditzy and airy. And I'm naturally airy, but not naturally ditzy. So I would like lie about things uh, and like things like that. But that got the attention, right? Like I, I had a character in the crowd. And so you built this character. And then you're like, well, this character is damaging me now at this point in my life. Because now I have low self-esteem and me being smart because I made myself believe I wasn't. <laughs> exactly. That is so true. And, and it's not only that we do it to ourselves. You know, it's even like our our parents. Mm. Like I had a client once, and she was more for coaching. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I want to take this job, but I don't think I can. What if the money doesn't work out and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And I go, when was the first time you remember worrying about money? Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, taking it straight back to the roots. <laughs> and she said, when I was a little kid and we couldn't go on vacation like all my friends because mm. my oh. parents would always say we don't have enough money. Yeah, oh, I heard that. Oh, I, heard, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that deep. Same with Trent. Those are yeah. wounds we have. And so I said... I want you to just get quiet. I'll get them. I, I do. Are you aware, um, familiar with the heart math, five minute meditation, mm -hmm. where you touch your heart center and you breathe slowly and deeply mm -hmm. and you start feeling um, emotions such as care, appreciation, mm -hmm. gratitude, love, um, uh, you know, th those high frequency emotions, mm -hmm. compassion. Compassion is mm -hmm. huge. And you start feeling those just breathing deeply. And it may be somebody you know that's going through something that you can feel compassion for. Maybe it's yourself as a little kid, whatever. And you just do that for five minutes. And then, and this is a heart math technique. And then at the end of the five minutes, you ask your higher self, 
the question. And so I will have them ask, how many generations does this go back? Give me chills. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> on your father's side, on your mother's side. And then we go back and cut the cords. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love, uh, I love talking to people who are like, like natural healers like you are, like because like I've studied like all these, yeah, I'm doing quotations, like studied all these different types of healing and like what you're describing is like emotion code almost, except for done the way that you connect and in the way you feel mm -hmm. yeah and I, I think that's it, it so gives special. a lot of validation too yeah. to how um uh what the validation to how the technique is so organic yeah right like it's just going off straight feeling and letting it be guided and trusting well and part of it too is <clears throat> you know people will say well what do you believe, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever? And I said, I'll say, I know three things. I know that God, no matter how you define God, mm -hmm. is love. Mm -hmm. So if you're defining God as love, you've got it. Um, I know that when Jesus walked on this earth, he led with compassion. It's not like I'm identifying him as that's everybody's own personal choice. I have mine, you have yours, you know, and that we are not to judge. It's not our job. Yeah. <clears throat> and if we live our life that way, you know, we're going to be in a pretty good place. Yeah, and it's, I can like kind of relate to that woman like, like when you first asked like about like, well, where's your first thought that you had money scarcity? Because when you don't have money scarcity and you hear somebody else think about saying something like, well, I don't know if the money will be good, but you're like, but what if that, like the other person come back and be like, why don't you think the money will be good? But to you, you're like, I guess I don't really, I don't really know why I don't <laughs> think the money will be good. You know what I mean? Like you're like, and then they're like, well, even if that job is that hourly, like, what if they give you an opportunity to make more? Or what if you get connected to another job that will quickly lead you to the place you need? But then that person's like, huh, I really didn't think about that. <laughs> I just got thought about suffering. <laughs> it's our downfall. Or is that the right word? The, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, our, yeah. our go-to. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so there's so many things like that. It's mm -hmm. like, well, when were you first bullied? Mm hmm you know how many people have learning disabilities how many kids are bullied you know maybe you had to go into a special room for reading remedial reading oh, yeah or you had to go into another room for remedial math or something mm -hmm. yeah you know and it's just a matter that the teachers we all have different learning styles mm -hmm. and the teachers can't meet them all yep totally agree with that i totally agree with that I think that's a, one of the hugest downfalls for the public school system is that they, they're trying to teach on averages, and most children are not average. You, you have a class of 30 kids, maybe 10 of them learn sufficiently in the way they're teaching, but the other 20 are like lost, and they're just kind of memorizing shit so they can succeed, you know, quotations again, and whatever that means to get a grade. Yeah, I, 
we have children, I see it in the way they, they learn differently, widely differently. Widely differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm, widely differently. So now um, <clears throat> you took us and showed us some of your sound bowls. You do beautiful sound bowl healing and re- Reiki master. And um, So what like led you up the ladder to kind of like keep going and getting the master in that? So... Um, the master in music, or just um, the fact that I got into the sound bowls? Um, I guess both. Well, yeah. I mean, the master in music was you know, just what you do kind uh-huh. of thing. You yeah, know, just you kept going. Gotta get, yeah. get another, okay. I don't have a job yet. I must <laughs> well get another degree. But so, you know, the healing started, and the Reiki started with the, um, with the, when the stroke happened, and, you know, that's that aspect. And Kelly from Inner Light, she would have me play my flute a little bit. I have a little Indian flute that I got when I went to Peru with Greg Braden. He picked so it out cool. for me. And he would, you know, would do that. And, you know, and she would have Karen do, you know, the bowls and stuff sometimes. And if she wasn't there, she'd have me do it. And I started thinking, I go, how in the world did my husband live as long as he did? He lived in a permanent sound bath. Oh. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I got the shivers when you said that. That's really... Playing in the orchestra. Yeah. Good point. And I thought, wow. I do think that helped him a lot. And, you know, I had picked up a few tuning forks here and there mm-hmm. because some of them vibrate, and so that can help you know with my hands-on healing if somebody has some issues in their back or their knees or whatever so I just picked up a few and then you know Kelly had some Himalayan singing bowls so I picked up a few of those and then I was listening to um, uh, a po- uh, it wasn't a podcast but an interview mm-hmm. and Gerilyn Glass was on it and she has her own business of the sound healing studio and she does the alchemy singing bowls Mm -hmm. and i heard these things and i went whoa these are totally different than the the clear quartz or the frosted quartz yeah or and then she said well what do you want do you want chakras or do you want endocrine system i said i want the endocrine system i'm a healer i want the endocrine system Mm -hmm. and so I, she goes, what's your budget? And I had been given a gift of cash from my mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And I basically said how much I would spend. Yeah. Because they're not cheap. Yeah. And, um, and she goes, well, let's do a set. And she goes, do you want tuning to 440 or do you want 432 or do you want 528? And I said, I want 432. I want to go back to the Baroque period when they tune the instruments to that, which is the uh, more of an earth vibration okay. and ah. such. And so I, that's how I chose which ones I would get. And she, I let her pick out my set. I, you know, she's the one who knows. Right. And she got involved in it because... Her son passed when he was like 12 years old, and somehow somebody brought a bowl, and it started helping her heal. Well, she's got a really powerful connection with him, and he guides her in her business. It's oh, their business cool. <laughs> from the other side. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's super really cool. cool. Yeah, yes. so she does that, so it's really wild. 
And so that's, and, and, and the fact, and I love being there with it because I have a master's degree in music. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm using my music again without hurting my, my face playing <laughs> that little reed. Yeah, well. and you're healing. You're yeah. doing what you're meant to do, and they sound so pretty. We got to listen to them right beforehand. I walk in there, and I'm like, whoa, I've never seen sound bowls that look like that. And I'm like, oh, and then you start playing them, and I'm like, oh, this, they just sound so pure they just there's no echo there's no vibration it's just very like straight sound yeah and they all have different minerals and such in them like some of them have emerald some of them have platinum and you know it's just so that each one and those offer different elements for healing as well and I just I'm still learning and it's so fun to learn more and more about it because it's like the learning never stops like in yeah. in the energy healing which is so fun it is so fun yeah because yeah. you're never as soon as you learn one thing and then and then there's like a breakthrough in yourself too each time so you go up another level and you didn't know you could like you kind of thought you hit your ceiling and then then something happens and and you're like whoa this is a whole new world what is this and you mm -hmm. meet a whole new group set of people that guide you in this new world and then it just keeps it keeps happening going. yeah yeah i mean and we'll talk a little bit more about the the trauma work i do yes yeah. and the ifs internal family systems yes talk about that i'm and very so, interested can, can um, i ask one question super quick before we go on i i'm just curious the connection that you had with your husband peter when you do your work do you ever feel him <clears throat> do you feel him around ever or has he moved on? Or, you, or what are your thoughts even on that? I keep wanting to, but I haven't really. Yeah. I have sensed and seen my mother, mm. um, which has been pretty sweet. I bet. Um, and and I, I was not real happy with my dad when he died because he just fell apart and wasn't really there for us at all. Yeah. But my sister was husband was dying two years ago and I was really feeling for her mm -hmm. you know because I knew what it was like to lose your husband mm. and and I sense my father really strong and I'm like dad go to Carrie she needs you now <laughs> and he goes no you need me now. Mm. I'll be with Carrie when she needs me. Mm. Two days later, three days later, Steve died. And I just knew that I knew that I knew that mm. Dad was with Carrie right then and there. Mm. That's sweet. That's mm -hmm. sweet. That is really sweet. That's a really good question too to ask about Peter being involved in it. Yeah, so I haven't really sensed him, but I do think the sister I never knew, who was older than me, that died right before before I was born, is very present. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, and That's I never cool. knew her, but I know she's there. Uh, yeah, yeah. My grandmother believed very heavily. She had a a, you know, a miscarriage. And she believed really heavily, like she knew that she knew that she knew, and she didn't know why she knew, but she knew that her granddaughter was a reincarnation of the 
she had it was a stillborn um so it was really traumatic for her but i like that the <clears throat> the know that you know that you know just just like declare that you know that you recognize in yourself it's really hard to describe <laughs> well and it's really interesting because i was talking to a medium who i've become friends with and i've had really rotten mediums and i'm like <laughs> but this person i can she vibrates way high and i was like and she goes we were talking one time and i and she goes well you are Teresa." Mm. like mother Teresa. No, my sister Teresa oh. that died. Oh. oh, what? Because you came, she wanted to come back to be mom's healer oh. because it was her death that, I don't know, do you have chills on yeah, that? Yeah, big time goosebumps. <laughs> wow. Wow. How, how much longer were you born after that? After she would have been? Or after she was? I think, well, she died when my brother Steve, who's like, 23 months older than me she died when he was like six um two months old oh 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 i feel for your mom yeah wow and so she was like three and a half ah how old would she be now like older than you yeah she'd be like um three and a half years older oh so three and a half okay okay yeah Oh, wow, wow that's, crazy. that's really cool, though. She really wanted to be here. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, she came back. I, I wanted to ask one more, and then and we could we could talk about the trauma and, and the internal family. Um, I was curious with your children, um, since their father died at a relative age to when your father died, have they started to like have they kind of followed in your suit of healing or are they on their own midlife journeys now or they are on their own journeys yeah. um i think they think what i do is a little woo woo <laughs> <laughs> you're like whatever <laughs> and um my son he's a ceo of his own company it's mm-hmm. a small company but mm-hmm. he's doing phenomenal he's got his dad's work ethic <laughs> cool and um and Hannah's doing great. She's married and she's due with her fourth boy in September. Oh, wow. Congrats to her. And she's, you know, she's doing great. She's homeschooling and um, what she never, ever, ever thought she would ever do. And, but she's, she's doing really well. I'm really proud of both of them. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. I love yeah. that. That's so, <laughs> but they, but you know, I think they think their mom's a little wacky, but they're happy, but they're really happy that I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, good. they're like really happy I'm doing well. Good, 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 good. Yeah, so like leading into the trauma thing. So, do you work with specific <clears throat> people with trauma, like a specific trauma area? How do you do it? Like, well, when people come for an appointment, it's usually a Reiki appointment and you know kind of one of those sayings I have is the issues are in the tissues and um, so you know they'll sit in that chair and we'll talk and we'll um, yeah I'll get a sense of where they're at and you know what's bothering them and some people are truly just here for some Reiki they just want you know they have anxiety or they just they're too stressed or whatever and they just want you know the plain Reiki but yet, I tend to get a lot of people that have been through a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I went to 
Peru with Greg Braden. And when I was there, I met this doctor who was in Bogota, from Bogota, Colombia. But he had told me about um, coaching. Um, and so I went through the coaching program. And then I was sitting there thinking, I, I think I want to do some, like maybe some shame retreats because people were really struggling with shame. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so I mentioned it to a couple people and they go, oh, you can't do that without training. That's really dangerous work. And I thought, well, yeah, it's touchy work for sure. Yeah. I've been there. Um, and I called one of my professors from the coaching class because you know different people would teach different things and I called him and I said you know I've been wanting to do this and I just thought you might be a good person because you were so good on the emotional stuff in the in the coaching class and he said oh that is really kind of tough work he goes however I am going to be teaching Richard Schwartz's IFS internal family systems parts work class and I went okay it was the beginning of COVID sure (laughs) I don't have anything else to do (laughs) yeah so I took about 60 hours of continuing ed on parts work and so basically when we have parts we have an exile which is the one that was hurt Mm. but we also have protectors and the protectors can be broken down into firefighters and managers. Hmm. So if you have a control issue, that would be a manager. If you like to drink a lot of alcohol or hoard a lot or eat a lot, you got some firefighters going. Hmm. And so the idea is to kind of isolate the different parts. And you, you know, you might have them step back you know, if you if you know you can interfere if you feel like the the exile is you know can't handle this yet you know, but you know we do that we get get them into their body. Where do you feel it? What color is it? What's it look like? What's it feel like? And so we can do that sort of thing. But I tend, and this is crazy, to get a lot of people who've been through sexual abuse, mm-hmm. who have been trafficked or attempted to be trafficked. I mean, I've had some really, really dark wow, experiences yeah. that clients have had. And so, you know, you have that. And it may just be, you know, it might be something easier, like there's a part of me that just doesn't want this job and I'm tired of it. And so we talk about that. You know, we talk about, I've had clients that have had, were basically forced to have an abortion. Because the guy didn't want to have the kid, you know, didn't want that around. Yeah. I mean, so you have, and that's huge. Mm. Wow. You know, and so I, I work with people that have been through that. And it, it's not necessarily the easiest work. But I feel like it's one of the reasons I've been put on this earth. And why I went through as much trauma as I did, and I didn't give you, you know, a lot of it. I gave you some of it, um, but I've been through a lot of different kinds, and um, including sexual. And so, it's, and I fell in love with myself. Yeah. 
so I know that it can be overcome. Mm, yeah, you, yes, yes, yeah, so you, you can go evidence. in and do it, yes, yeah. If people are willing to do the work, they can be healed. Mm. But they say it take like, a true healer is someone who has gone through a lot of their own shit that they had to heal themselves from. Mm-hmm. And the best healers have healed themselves from traumatizing from that trauma shit, i mean yeah. it's you it's like a teacher you can't you know you can't teach something that you don't you can see the other side or see the formula work yeah. mm-hmm. so it's like it's kind of like that it's so rewarding though what you do like to be able mm-hmm. to relieve people of those traumas that they couldn't work through on their own like i mean you spent two years like you were saying you all the time meditating and, and your whole life working with it and then the two years doing the rampage in the shower and and really making yourself believe that you loved yourself like two years worth of work 10 minutes a day that's more than most people will ever put into anything for themselves and you're able to help people work through those things in an hour two hour session that's that's powerful yeah especially sexual abuse or like anything with abortion and stuff i mean all of it's trauma and all relevant to the person right and how absolutely everybody yeah, yeah exactly and you know whether they were made to do it or they chose to do it, and then they feel guilt. Yeah. And, and I mean, and the, and I mean, in guilt, you know, on Dr. David Schwartz's um, um, he, power, he wrote the book Power Versus Force. Yeah, you oh, do Dr. Yes. David Hawkins, not yeah, David Schwartz. Yes. With the scale. With the scale, uh-huh. and you know, you got guilt and shame down here at twenty and thirty, and this is a scale from zero to a thousand. Wow. And love is at five hundred acknowledgement and we're lucky if we get to acknowledgement a lot of people and then you have you know joy and peace and compassion and love and enlightenment and Christ consciousness being the highest and you know just getting to that place I didn't know I was that low guilt and shame I didn't know that they were that low either and you know when people feel guilt I mean even you know like that's a pretty common thing to feel multiple times through the day like even if you don't think about it like Maybe guilt for swinging in and getting your favorite coffee, or guilt for dropping off someone late at school, or <laughs> guilt for burning the toast. Like, like there's literally guilt for everything. <laughs> like, if you let it be, right? If you let it be, that's exactly yeah, right. if you let it be, and then you're like, um, you know, I never associate Maybe with you that. should just turn it to regret instead yeah, of guilt. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, regret, uh, where's regret at regret. on the list? Is yeah. it a lot higher? I, I know. Oh, <laughs> I could try to. It's got to be a little higher. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's a little higher. I never even associated with um, the word guilt until Trenton was like, it put it on something I was experiencing. And I was like, whoa, that is what that is. You know, I felt this my whole life all the time, but just never associated it with that word. And I'm like, wait, like you have this like profound moment. Like I am experiencing guilt all the time. And people who, you know, shame. Yeah. Huge. And this last couple of years with COVID, fear. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Is fear yeah, below yeah. guilt and shame? No, it's higher. It's, it a, it's up to 100. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. So really guilt well, and shame. Well, so really, yeah, guilt and shame. They really, really are. Like, yeah, the they're at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, wow. But, I mean, you just think, I mean, and still how people, uh, you know, you, you drive around and you, or you're walking around and you see people driving in a car by themselves with a mask on. Yeah, living in total fear. Total fear. And I, I think people don't realize 
that they're limiting their oxygen intake yeah. and they're getting more carbon monoxide into their system and than they are. It's more at risk. Yeah. I mean, end. and it's it's just it's just yeah. really sad yeah. because of the fear that was developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's still happening. I People kind of feel that way. It. Like sometimes, not that you're higher, but like um, if you go into like a grocery store and you kind of just look at everyone and they kind of just look like zombies. They kind of just like do this robotic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they kind of just don't vibrate very high and almost like they're just mundane going. And I never really noticed that until, like, I actually tried to notice it and, like, observe. Start observing. Yeah. Well, and if I'm a firm believer, you know, we've moved into the age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. We did that, you know, like two years ago in December or whatever. And that's the, you know, the fifth dimension back in the 60s. It's a time of love, peace, and understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, we're moving to the age of Aquarius. and But we're in it. But it's the beginning. And each one of these cycles is about 2,200 years. Oh, wow. I believe. Um, I had done a talk on the different, you know, the different ages that we've had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it's also that whole you know the slingshot thing kelly teaches about i can't explain it very well but um but i also we have if you look at the book of revelation and how you know we're going to have heaven on earth Mm -hmm. and there's the saying that the darkest hour is just before dawn yeah i mean if you look at the last several years, they've been very dark. Pretty dark. <laughs> they I mean, not just the last couple, but you look at yeah. even the twenty, you know, the twentieth century. I mean, with all the all the wars. I mean, yeah. And if we're, we're talking twenty two hundred year cycles, pardon? Like last, if and if we're talking twenty two hundred year cycles, like the last twenty two hundred years for humanity, has been really dark. Exactly. For, yeah. And so. I mean, and, and, you know, the Bible, whether you're a Bible believer or not, does talk about this, but you can look at it as the, you know, the ages, or you can look at it biblically. And so you can, you have, we're moving into a good place. And that's also why you're starting to see more energy healers. You're also having more people who are able, they're tapping in, to their higher self to be able to give messages mm. because the frequency, even though it's lower, it's also moving higher, mm-hmm. you know, and we want to do that. And so you want to, you know, do that. And the thing is you want to connect both with the mother, the earth, mm-hmm. and the divine, the mm-hmm. father. And, and, it's, and it's having a balance. If people are finding themselves not grounded, Get outside, stand in the grass at summertime, yeah. and just feel the energy. Bring it up. Just imagine the Mother Earth energy coming up through your legs and into each chakra and letting that spin around and then bring it up to the next one. Bring it up to the solar plexus. Bring it into your heart and then bring the divine masculine energy down through your crown, into your third eye, into your throat and lend to your heart and let the two 
Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah like just, I like that. Just, yeah. just, you know, go in because it's in our heart that we create. Mm. You know, you hear so much about people. Well, you can just manifest that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're in your root chakra, you're not going to manifest anything. <laughs> True, yeah. You're like... You know, you need to bring it up. You need to get it into your heart. And feel, And this is what Dr. Joe does. I was does. just going to say that. I was just going to say Dr. Joe Dispenza always talks about the heart. The heart. Yeah. Got, what is it that there. you want? Uh-huh. Feel it in your feel heart. What are you heart. not going to be doing anymore? What are you going to be doing? Yes. And that. I think is how I healed the aneurysm in my carotid ah, artery that they found yes. when they did the scan. Yes, yes I can yes. totally see that. Yeah, he he always says the heart. He always, always. has to go to the heart. And he always talks about the magnitude and magnetic effect of the heart as well as like how it projects and how it attracts and and like that field and everything. But he is huge on the heart. And so that is really funny. I never thought about that. I just thought... Oh, he likes to work from the heart. He likes to use love. You know what I mean? But I, you never really, I never really thought about that until now. And now I'm like, okay, I got a new practice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, 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 and it's, I mean, he does that. And he'll say, you know, in the meditations, what is it that you're not going to be doing anymore? I said, I'm not going to be going having any more scans in my brain because it's going to be fine. What are you going to be doing? I said, I'm going to be celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be sharing with people what's possible. Uh-huh. You know? I know. And yeah. so, and then, and I had gone to one of his events before the week-long one. I went to that one, too. But I went to, like, a four-day weekend one, and I looked at the woman next to me. I said, I have a scan in two weeks. They're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in my doctor's office for my annual checkup, and the report comes in when I'm in there. It says, no aneurysm. <laughs> You're like, told you. I knew it. <laughs> Got it. Uh, it worked. <laughs> Done. Check mark. <laughs> I think it's so validating for yourself when you see it work. Like when you see it work and you actually go through with it. Because so many times I would like, get things in motion and then like I would be like wanting that instant gratification of immediately seeing it and I was like that for such a long you know I still can be and so like when I didn't instantly see it I was like fuck this you know like and then I was back on the other track and then it never worked and so then I was like what is this? How do they get a hold of this? Like, how do they do this? And then I was always so thirsty. And then, like, and then, like, I finally quenched my own thirst. And I was like, you know what? I've, if I'm going to want change, like, obviously no other route has worked, you know? So I'm just going to do it. And I'm just going to do what they say and not... Because I'm one of those people that, you know, like, you get a recipe and I literally don't look at the recipe. I just get the idea from the recipe. So, like, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I... I do that all the time. So, but this time I was like, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to do what they say and I'm just going to listen. I'm going to follow the recipe. And so like I did and then I started seeing like little manifestations come to light. And I, and actually not giving up on myself and then going through even no matter how long it took. And then it, it doesn't take that long. Like, you know, when you actually just listen and you let it go and you kind of do what you're supposed to do, you're like, that actually like took like a week, not even. Well, it's funny because I'm working on a manifestation right now too, mm-hmm. and I started using songs. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, what a, that makes so much sense. I know, because yeah. she's so musical, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but music, like, ingrains things in your brain. Like, right. that's so, that's a brilliant yeah. idea. And so you're sitting there chanting it all day because you're singing the tune. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's genius. That's genius. And it's really <laughs> funny because I don't think I realized how well it was working until recently. When you showed me the lyrics. And I was yeah. like, they were spot on. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, this stuff's powerful. <laughs> this stuff really is powerful. This is working. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. And, and it's so funny because, you know, because of the stroke experience and the aneurysm and stuff, I would say, all my cells are happy and healthy. All my cells mm-hmm. are happy and well. I'm getting younger every day. Mm-hmm. How many wrinkles do you see? No, like not. I'm on Medicare. Yeah. <laughs> Right, you're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> no, it's so funny because there is um, there's a woman that does have you walk through that. She, like, for meditating, like, she ta- has you go to your cells and say that your cells are happy and healthy. Like, has you work from the cells up and, like, walks you through that for bodily health. And even if you don't believe it at first, like, you're going to say it enough times that you will believe it. Like, right? Yeah, that's yeah. That's how our belief system works, no matter what it is. Like... It only believes what it's repetitively told. Yeah, and I, I do. I mean, it's like I'll, I'll say, oh my, and there's a song. You know, there's this woman from Australia. All of a sudden on um, Instagram, she's singing, all my cells are happy and healthy. All my cells happy and well. And that's what I've been saying. And then she's got a song. I mean, like. All of a sudden, you're making your coffee in the morning. You're <laughs> like getting down to I'm the getting food. younger and younger. I <laughs> never get sick. Yeah, you're like, this could be perfect. I like that a lot. I like uh, heard something on a podcast or video or something that like if you are in the right light and you should never be sick anyway because you have total control of that. They're like you have, if you are at this point and your spirituality and your health and your your wellness, your frequency, yeah. Yeah, your frequency. We just put terms all over it. But like your frequency then yeah, it should never be a thing for you. Like that should not be a worry because that's all it needs to be. And just think we're going to be able to live to 800 years I again. Know. I keep saying I'm going to have another baby. Maybe you will. My daughter would die. Yeah, I'd be like, well, honey, I got some news. We're having babies at the same time. That would be pretty funny. I'm pregnant too. How do you get yourself up there, like in, in this world of like fear and guilt and shame? Like, yeah, how do you how level you... yourself up? How did well, you do that? A lot of it was, you know, bringing the healing to myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I worked with the coach and we worked on the healing. But, you know, as I said, in the shower, yeah. it just, you know, just, you know, I love my body. I love my, I love, I love, I love. And then it was like, no, I'm going to manifest this. You know, I do want a man in my life. I do want this. I, you know. Um, just start bringing in. The you just start things. bringing in, you know. And I, it's not like I try to bring in a ton of things. Yeah. You know, I bring, I, I want, you know, I, you know, I, for the health, I basically just go, oh, my cells are ha- happy and healthy. Yeah. And, you know, do I have ice cream? Yeah, once in a while I have ice cream. Yeah. Um, you know, does Dr. Reddy want me to not eat gluten? Yeah. But I make sourdough bread every week, so 
Sourdough is a good bread. It is a good bread. Talking about bread. Yeah. 100% organic. It is. It's a good bread. Sourdough is good. You raise a good point too because like we all, when we talk about health and wellness, we get worried about, we get guilty and shameful about what we eat and just like uh, Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden and Joe Dispenza and Dolores Cannon and, and Lynn McTaggart. I mean like all of these people who have been telling us for years not to fucking feel guilty about what you eat. Like the the belief is the controlling mechanism of our world, but we eat ice cream and we feel guilty. Or we eat whatever we Shame. feel guilty. Yeah. Now I enjoy it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I don't eat it often, but I enjoy it when I have it. It's so important. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I Bittersweet agree. Symphony up at the up at Scoops. <laughs> is that the name of the ice cream that you like? Is yeah, that, it's that's a car Bittersweet Symphony. I know. <laughs> of course it is. That's of why I tried it. <laughs> what flavor is it actually? It's like? a coffee with um, chocolate oh, in it. I oh, love yeah. The coffee. It sounds chocolate. Yeah. I do too. I love yeah. the cookie dough. Yeah. It's funny, I was recently given um, a box of Belgium chocolates. You told me about that. Yeah. I still have some left. Oh. I have never in my entire <laughs> life made chocolate last this long. Never. Savoring it. I am savoring every, I have like a week's left, and maybe a little more, like maybe nine days, you know, and because some of them are truffles and some of them are squares. Now, the truffles are about as big as the top of your thumb. They're very small, and the squares are thin. They're about an inch square, and they're thin. Just little, like little. Little, and I break it into little pieces, and I have it with my cappuccino. Uh. Kate has a cookie every morning. It's, they're they're superfood cookies, but they are like a cookie, right? Like with my coffee, um, they're like made out of like coconut sugar, uh, almond flour. They have like pumpkin seeds, chocolates, things like that in them. So they're like a great breakfast cookie. And um, but it's more for me to like transition that like dunking into the coffee into my mouth into you know like. Like, if I don't have the, that ritual, which I have gone without, and I'll, like, switch to something else, like maybe a banana or something. But, like, it's it's not, not the same. It's not, not the, same. the same. And it kind of messes you up. Like, when you get that ritual with it, you're kind of like, this is my thing. <laughs> and I just told the person that, you know, gave me the chocolates, I said, I have never taken this long to eat a box of chocolate, and I am savoring every last oh, one. I love that. I love that. Because how many times, like, do you catch yourself, like, before you're really mindful about what you eat? Which I just recently became really mindful about what I eat. But, um, you know, like, you would eat, like, half a candy bar or half a chocolate bar, and you're, like, still hungry because you're not savoring what you just ate. Right. You're just, like... Throwing it in your well, mouth. Well, and I might eat another chocolate that's not this one, but I'm not savoring it like I'm savoring yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, because they're special. I just realized what time it was. We've been talking for a little while, so yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh holy Almost, shit. Almost, yeah. Wow, yeah, okay. You just have well, so much to talk cut. about. Yeah, you have so much to talk about. But um, so we'll wrap it up. And do you want to say your closing statement? Like, if one thing to the listeners you would want to really get to them, what would it be? Learn to love yourself. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's a good I way. think that aligns really well. Yeah, that's a good way to cut right there. Yep. 
Hey everybody, I'm back again to remind you for the second time in this episode that we are sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man, written by yours truly, Trenton Sweet, and the book sales of Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, written by myself and my wife, Caitlin. Two books that you can find basically anywhere that you buy books, so check them out. We are also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania. So your participation there also sponsors this podcast, and thank you very much for your support. We are also sponsored by The Old Road Farm in Washington, Pennsylvania, a beautiful family-owned regenerative farm doing everything the right way. And if you want to know more about them, and I think that you should, check them out at theoldroadfarm.com.